the story. It's interesting, isn't it? You'd think that Jesus' birth would be described in great detail in Luke's gospel. After all, it is the main event of the story. But Luke says it all in one straightforward, matter-of-fact sentence. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Instead of giving attention to what was, in all likelihood, an ordinary birth, Luke surprises us by focusing on the responses of others to that event. Even more surprising, the group that now takes center stage ranks at the bottom of the social ladder. Watching sheep was something you did if you couldn't find work of any other kind, and shepherds had a reputation for being liars and thieves. What's more, because their work kept them from observing the Sabbath, they were considered to be ritually unclean, sinners on a par with tax collectors and prostitutes. Yet it is the shepherds to whom the first proclamation of Jesus' birth is made by an angel of the Lord, no less. One moment they are sharing a meager meal around a campfire, ears tuned to every nuance of their sheep, and the next moment the glory of the Lord shone around them, and an ethereal figure spoke to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you great news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. The angel's message is remarkably personal. She tells, or he tells, hard to say, these bewildered and terrified men, I am bringing you good news. To you is born this day a Savior. This is not an, oh, I just happened to come by sort of proclamation. The angel and accompanying heavenly host are not practicing for their appearance before King Herod or the chief priests in Jerusalem or for the emperor in Rome. No, they were sent to proclaim good news to ordinary common men working the night shift, men who had no power, no expectation, and no hope. Their work night disrupted. The shepherds decide to find this newborn Savior, even though it means leaving their flock unattended. They hurriedly make their way to the town, and after searching for a while, they stumble upon Mary and Joseph in a stable, a feeding trough serving as a makeshift cradle. Not exactly the glorious setting one might expect for someone whose birth was announced by an angelic chorus but it was enough for these humble men. There was the child, just as the angel had said, wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Our picture of Christmas pretty much stops there, with Mary and Joseph looking down at the baby in the manger while adoring shepherds kneel around, crooks resting in their arms, and perhaps one of them carrying a lamb. But it is what follows that most intrigues and delights me. For the shepherds do not simply look at the baby in the manger and then quietly withdraw and return to their flocks. Not at all. Overwhelmed by the wonder of it all, the shepherds tell everyone who will listen what they have seen and heard. Imagine their words tumbling out as one man after another joined in what became a very human chorus. 
Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had news so wonderful, so exciting, so life-changing that you can't keep from telling everyone? If so, then you have some idea of what the shepherds felt like that night. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Just as the shepherds wondered at the angel's proclamation, so now all who hear them are amazed, perhaps as much by the messengers as the message. In the midst of this, Luke briefly turns our attention to Mary, long enough to note that she treasured the shepherds' words, what mother wouldn't, and pondered them in her heart. Just as she had pondered the angel's Greeting nine months earlier, so now she reflects, contemplates, mulls over what the shepherds told her, trying to make sense of it all. At first glance, there doesn't seem to be much sense. A peasant girl giving birth to the long-awaited Messiah? Angels bringing good news to shepherds? A savior lying in a manger? It all makes about as much sense as the idea that Almighty God would choose to save the world by becoming one of us, taking on vulnerable human flesh with all its aches and pains, living a human life with all its uncertainties and struggles, and dying a human death in pain. And yet, that is what Christmas is all about. God loving us enough to become one of us, God choosing to be with us, not just in spirit, but in body. God coming to earth as a vulnerable, helpless child lying in a manger. God incarnate in the flesh. That's plenty to ponder. It's also plenty to praise, which is exactly what the shepherds did. Luke tells us that as they returned to their flocks, they did so, glorifying and praising God with all their might. We, too, have praised God this night, singing our thanks for this great gift of love. In a few minutes, the service will be over, and the singing turned to silence. But as you leave tonight, I encourage you to listen for the angel's song, to ponder the child born this long-ago night, yet present to us each moment of our days, and to join with angels and shepherds in proclaiming every day in words and deeds that the love of God, the great, powerful, amazing, wonderful, incomprehensible love of God, is with us, is with each one of us, is with all of us. Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth. This is our hope. Amen. <laughs>